we, we, we should rap about things that we like, like, like food. That's what? You bugging as death, you know it. We're gonna be like the Partridge family, but with food. You like food, don't you? Got any uh, white bread? Yes. Oh, wait. I am the spaghetti. Duval, you're not the spaghetti. I am the spaghetti. Let go of the lid. Just spaghetti in here. Is this organic? Sure. Is it grass-fed? Yes. Cruelty-free? What's so special about the cheese maker? As the saying goes, you are what you eat. And I am freaking cheese. <laughs> Welcome to the new long distance uh, slash um, in-store setup of Cheesy with, with about 19 different sets of headphones and a computer and, and some stuff. How you going, Sal? Shit, well done, Beso. Gosh. We've come a long way from the little mic and an iPhone that we started off with, that's for sure. <laughs> Oh dear! I don't not like. I don't like though not seeing you. I, yeah. You know. It it um it does take a little bit of getting used to. I have to say. Oh. How do you anyway. fe- How do you feel about Julie getting us a wine sponsor now that you're gone? Yeah, I'm pissed off. Where's that? <laughs> maybe, maybe she can save the half bottles that we don't drink and send them down to Victoria. Send down. Oh, no, I'm doing all right in the wine stakes, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure you, you are. Don't, don't have to worry about me. I'm slowly drinking my way around, you know, the valley of wine I have down here. Mm. Hey, you'd be getting it straight from the source. Yeah, it's bloody great. You know, you've got to know what you're talking about, Beso. Yeah, that's right. It's no use talking about it in the abstract. I know. Anyway, it's bloody great. And we have a guest this week. We have Sonia Jeffries from Books on Manic. Hi, Sonia. Hi. Awesome. Hi, Sonia. Hi, Al. <laughs> and I'm looking at a few of her magazines. Ooh, the, would you call? Would you call this a magazine? That one, yeah, he is calling that one a magazine, but um, the other one we have, they actually call it a MOOC, which is supposed to be a cross between a magazine and a book. Yeah. Oh, bullshit. Really? Is MOOC a word? MOOC. Well, they, they've coined it, coined the... I, I would call phrase. this like a, like a lo-fi paperback. It's sort of that... This one not so much, but some of the other ones are the the, the paper f- looks a bit pulpy and a bit um, very matte, not high gloss. But yeah, yeah you have it's all to. Age. Mm, they look fantastic though. <laughs> Big pictures and yeah. Not, so not, Sonia, not, what are they? So you do what what type of mags? Talk us through it. Well, I've just seen the, the, these two magazines we distributed both quite new. They both came out late. First issues came out late last year, and one's called Bread, Wine, and Thou, and it's a book of food writing. So it's it's real writing on food. Um, it's oh, the hot, I, hot. I like real writers, like not bloggers. No, so oh, no. Well, <laughs> I'm being so, facetious. <laughs> so he had. I mean, he's got a. He got a few big names in this. He's got like. Um, it's something with Massimo Bottura, but then there's also just people's actual stories about food. So there's a guy from Melbourne called Bruce Milne, probably mainly known for um, a record label and records shop he used to have. 
talking about when he used to tour with this Japanese band who were on their label in Japan and all the strange food he ate with them. That's Um, that's right, then you're right, Lisa. And um, there's anyway, there's quite a wide variety of um, food writing, and I think he's the second issue hasn't come out yet. I think he's trying to um, get the finances together to get the second one out. And then the yeah. other other magazine is or MOOC or whatever we like to call it is um it's published by the people who started Frankie magazine. Um, but it's actually based on the blog um, of uh, this blog called Lunch Lady. Um, yeah. Which is sort of, so it's sort of to do with, it's like a sort of hipster mum sort of um, thing about food for kids and family, but it's also about, it has also stories about parenting. Uh, and That's probably more down my alley than yeah. <laughs> One each. <laughs> sort of thing. But it's also got things like it's got, um, you know, a beautiful photo shoot of food food and ceramics in it uh, it's very both these magazines are very stylish looking and visual um, has it has there been a bit of a is there a printing revolution that it allows a lot of this stuff to come up like do they yeah. have to still print you know a hundred thousand copies of this no. sort of stuff or is it all short run no it's short run and because you can print in Asia a lot more cheaply um, that helps as well yeah. um, and also both of these are like meant to be quarterlies so they're not coming out so frequently they have to get it printed quickly locally they can actually print it in asia and ship it they're a bit timeless so they can i wouldn't expect that it's all uh like there's nothing in it that's sort of time based so they can prep it along a long time ahead yeah and um they're and I mean, they're both been selling really surprisingly well. I I, I mainly distribute books, and I hadn't done magazines for a while, so I, I was a bit sceptical. But they've both sold, and I, I don't do news agents. So I distribute them into the, all the specialist outlets like bookshops, design shops, um, food shops, kids shop, you know, all that sort of yeah. thing. And we've we've done really well with both of them. Well, I know sale. So, like I'm. I'm probably a little bit more digital out of the two of us, but I've been in Sally's kitchen and asked her for a recipe and she's gone and pulled out <laughs> folders of, you know, things yeah. torn out of newspapers mm. and, and, and stuff like that. And even I find I haven't found a good digital way to collect the things that I'm interested in. Um, I, I still think that the... Um, you, know, you the, still the, can't go past touching, feeling, and pulling a page out and looking at, you know, well, it's one of those things because you want to write notes when you make stuff and you yeah. change it. Especially, especially if you're doing it in a kitchen. Kitchens and computers don't exactly mix that well. No. <laughs> especially not when I'm cooking, as everyone in my house keeps telling me that I cause quite a bit of mess. So. Oh, dear. So, Sonia, can anyone, can anyone do a magazine? Like... Like, how, how do they find... So, say I've made a magazine, and how do I find you? Like, do you take anyone, or do you... No, you, like, we're, pre- we're pretty selective, um, because we largely distribute art, architecture, design books, but, as I say, it sort of morphs into other areas. 
You know, yeah. we only take things like if they're really well designed and we think they're going to yeah. suit, suit our particular market. Um, so yeah. they have to be sort of reasonably edgy and good quality for us yeah. to take to take them on and we've we've got to be fairly sure that they're going to work but these two publications both have pretty good credentials like um bread wine and now the publishers pretty well connected in food circles and also bookshop circles so all the bookshops got behind it and even some of the writers were people who worked in bookshops but were writers as yeah as well um and the other one they're the people who started frankie magazine so they've already got the track record yeah and then the woman whose blog it's based on um I think her blog's really popular, so you know that there's She's got be, an inbuilt audience. Yeah we, yeah. we talk about it on the music podcast all the time about how um, if you were doing a niche um, thing, whether it's cooking or uh, writing or whatever, before it used to be really hard to connect to your audience and you didn't need a huge audience to make money, but it was impossible to get you know, 3,000 people across the world to find out about your stuff. Well, now it's really, really, really easy. Yeah. yeah. So you don't you don't need to have mass market appeal. You just need to find everybody that's interested in your niche. Yeah, and I think, like, with certainly with Bread, Wine and Now, we've sold a lot more copies um, than the newsagency distributor did. Okay. So that shows that... that, that our, it's going in the right it's places. It's going in the right places for the right people where people mm. are looking for things like that. Um, and with Lunch Lady, they, you know, they really do really good social media. So everyone's basically, as soon as it's out, everyone's looking for it yeah. everywhere. Well, um, you did the the, cook, the cooking school sort of over the the rise of digital cell. Did you find it easier once Facebook and Twitter came along to to get punters in? Or oh, yeah, because you can. You know, it's funny, just as you're talking about this, I'm looking up Lunch Lady and stuff. It's just easy to um, get a little bit of interest, you know, and people follow you. It's like what we do, you know, how we even all found each other on Twitter. In Brisbane, you know, we became all the people that were interested in food and wine, all ended up meeting each other, and that's just by Twitter. Mm. You know, you never would have found each other before. So it's a great way to promote magazines, MOOCs and... um, (laughs) (laughs) Books and magazines and books and stuff because you give people a little bit of a taste. It was funny, we were just talking before about um, Adam Lior. Remember how he did that? uh, You know, he's quite funny on Twitter. Yeah. And, you know, he comes across as a really nice person. Yeah. Yeah, like he's, he's true to himself and he doesn't come across as a dickhead. So you're more inclined to go and follow him and buy his books and I, I definitely stuff. But I, yeah, I definitely like every time he tweets out a link of something he's written or uh, you know a promo to one of his shows, then I think yeah because he's so self-deprecating and and he has that presence and he also interacts quite a bit. Yeah, I, I find the guys that that um that sort of are interested in their. I don't know, their community tend to grow it a lot quicker. You know, they just don't sort of put something out and and um, yeah. And, yeah, and then that's it, so. Yeah, I know. So he, yeah. So I think um, social media make it much, much easier. So what about on, 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 
online do you do the bookshop sell this stuff online or do yeah, you sell um, direct yeah um no they would, well, we've got a website which we sell directly from even though largely we're a distributor yeah um and then lots of our bookstores you'd be able to buy these online yeah well, as the th- well the thing about these books though and it's a bit hard for sale because she's not sitting here yeah. but looking at it and picking it up and feeling it definitely um adds to the appeal like i think if you saw that on a, a website it would look okay but it's when you pick it up they do look really cool yeah they're t- and they're tactile and you know it's the same as the successful books we distribute they're tactile um they're often quite sort of weighty and sort yeah. of substantial feeling i know the yeah julie's got one lying around here who's who's the the cook and the chef lady her cookbook um what Maggie Beer? Yeah, her book that came out and it had that sort of woven cloth cover. Yeah, that's the one. I've got that at home. And I know when I first got it, I, I could not... Every day I came home, I'd sort of pick it up and want to just flick through it just because of the texture of the cover. I know that sounds very strange, but... No, no. <laughs> that's why the printed books you know, kept going, really, is because of... Partly because of that whole tactile... What is Julie doing this? I mean, what's she doing? Making a cake? Yeah, we're picking up all the background noises. <laughs> Jesus. This is just the, uh, the the extra equipment sale. Just everything you just hear everything now. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like she's whipping a cake or something up. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take all that out in post. People will wonder what the hell we're talking about. Oh uh, dear. <laughs> so how's the um, how's the rural Victorian lifestyle going for yourself? Yeah, it's good. I've had a good week because I've... Um, sorry, Sonia, you'll be wondering what the ha- hell's happened, but I've moved to country Victoria and beach, I'm living in this beach world. Yeah, yes. yeah. And it's totally beautiful. And um, I live in this cute little house that had this garden that was a bit overgrown. So what happened on the weekend was a bunch of my mates came up and... Um, did my garden! Fantastic. Jeez, nice. I oh, know, they yeah, pulled out great. all the weeds and they went and bought all these herbs and planted stuff and planted me new lawn. Great. And then, um, then a guy came and fixed my gate and my barbecue and so I've had a really good weekend. Great. It's been nice. We've just kind of cooked and ate, drank heaps of wine and did the garden. That, so that was lovely. Though I will be texting you the first time you get a frost. And it's like, <laughs> it's like two degrees in the morning and you're, and you're curled up in bed and, and I'm going for a run in a pair of shorts. I'll be texting you and that happens. Oh, shut yeah. up. Well, I'll, t- I'll text you when I go for my first ski and I'm sitting on the slopes having a yeah, freezing yeah, cold that's, beer. That's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. No, I, I'm a bit excited. I know it's been so hot here, though. Like, it's been about, you know. Yeah, because you guys have had a heat wave through Victoria, mm-hmm. haven't you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, it's funny because it doesn't feel like a heat wave to me because I'm still used to that, used to the bloody dripping wet heat that we had up there. Are you from Queensland, Sonia? No, I'm from Melbourne. Oh, do you come to Beechworth? I don't know where um, occasionally, Yeah, occasionally I, um, I do go to Beechworth. I go to um, that whole Ovens Valley area, the, to Brighton, Myrtleford. Oh. Um, to go riding on that rail trail, the you know, there's that great yeah. rail trail. Yeah, yeah. Are you a bike rider? 
a bit, yeah. I mean, I just take Ooh. my kids up there because you can sort of ride and then stop at a vineyard and then stop at a berry farm and, you know, yeah. it's very... Not for everyone here, kids. Yeah. Berry. Now we're going to... Now it's my turn. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so... And they've got they've got a like a like an actual trail that sort of caters for for bikes and horses on that, do they? It, it used to be the railway line. So in Victoria, they've ch- tra- um, turned a lot of where the old railway lines were, country railway lines, into um, bike trails. Oh, nice! And they link quite far. So. It, and that one's quite a foodie one because it goes up to Beechworth and down to Millowa and, you know, it's quite a, a good foodie yeah, sort of rail nice. trail. If you're really gung-ho, you can ride and just stop the night on the way and, you know, from, keep, keep going. Starting from Melbourne, can you... No, I don't think from Melbourne. This, there's different ones. I'm not an expert, but there's different ones that do sort of different routes, but you can go quite you know, quite decent. You can catch a train from Melbourne to somewhere usually and then start Start the rail trail. And then there's usually these bus services that, you know, will pick you and your bikes up and take you back to the beginning if you're too tired to ride. Ride back. back. That sounds pretty crazy. (laughs) I should be able to tell you more about that because I did have drinks with a bloke that runs bike tours and stuff and picks people up but I got too drunk I can't remember what we told them (laughs) (laughs) so I don't know I'll have to grab a bike and go and go and do some riding Mm, that's pretty cool yeah Yeah. well well, I planted another six six or seven fruit trees since last time we talked so what have you planted Uh, three tropical cherries three um, macadamia uh, another pear, so I've got the cross pollination for the pears. Yeah. Uh, some blueberries. Oh. And gosh. the avocados I grew from seed. I put them in the ground as well. I haven't hey. fi- haven't killed any of them yet, so that's nice. I was reading something the other day though about the avocado pick and how it's the most healthiest part of the avocado. You, you should grate the pip up. Really. And, I know, it sounds and, fucking ridiculous. But... And, and put it in what? Like, what do you eat it well, with? Well, I don't know, on top of a salad or something. I'm assuming it acts like sesame seeds or something. I don't really know. I have to do it. Okay. Well, Ben was um, Ben was grinding up, um, uh, what was it, pistachio nut um, skins the other day. And they, wow. they, tasted, they tasted like something really... Really different, but they had a very distinct flavour. Um, and I think you just needed, you know, nice, fresh green pistachios. So, pistachio skin. Mm. God. God. See, the dogs still are yeah, going. I was going to say it, would, it, it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a proper cheesy <laughs> podcast without. At, at least, you, do you have um, hardwood floors down there? Or are you going to get the? Yeah. <laughs> the, the races around the kitchen. Tap, 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 tap. No, they're going mental because it's that time of the afternoon and all these amazing king parrots come in. Have you seen those? Oh, you know those wow. beautiful yeah, red, yeah. red. And they all yeah. fly in about this time of the afternoon. So they're all sitting out the trees and the dogs are going mental wow. chasing them around the garden. So does that mean you have to net fruit trees? Yeah, well, 
So I have rented this house of a lady called Wiggy and it's got the garden's full of fruit trees. And I said to her, so what do you do? And she goes, oh, I just feed the birds. That's bird feed. Like there's a plum tree I'm staring at. It's like 20 feet tall. It's huge. And I go, shit, how do you get the plums off that? She said, I don't. That's bird <laughs> it's just feed. just bird feed. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's got all these beautiful pear trees down the side. And so I, I just get out there as quick as I can and pick stuff. Yeah. But they've made they've made light work of the fig tree. I had this beautiful. Oh, what a shame! It's uh, fig season now. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming into fig I've season. I've got. I got. I've been getting sort of ten or twelve figs at a time off my little fig tree. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty. I, I love figs. I just love them. Mm. Just cut in half, a little bit of sugar, yeah. and grill them. Um, and the lady that lived in my house, it's the first time she'd ever eaten fresh figs, actually. She'd never really? never eaten fresh wow. fresh grilled figs before, so. Well, they're pretty, you know, hard to transport and stuff, so yeah. off, straight off the trees, the, the best way. I, I, we, I usually do um, sort of urban foraging and walk around all the neighbourhood and find trees that are hanging over the fence and steal a few figs as I go. (laughs) I was really impressed when I was down in Queenstown and actually the the people we were staying with are not real foodies, they're they're, um, sort of triathletes and you know food is fuel sort of attitude but we went to a couple of new local parks that they had and instead of the normal trees that you would see planted in the park they had apples and pears and peaches oh, that's a good idea yeah, yeah and i was i was very very excited about that mm. and they're like oh, trees are trees and the thing i was like oh it'd be so <laughs> i'd be walking past them every day but yeah. even there they had a few i'd walk from their house down to town and you'd walk past and there'd be a couple of pears hanging over the thing or a couple of peaches hanging over the fence that you could you know you that's could scavenge right. if you wanted that's really good yeah other than mangoes, you don't really get much of that in Queensland, do you, Sal? No. Well, you know, unless you know. I mean, you you told us about that great app. Mm. That was good. But, you know, you can just find tamarind. and But, yeah, there's not much hanging up. Green mangoes and papaya. Mm. But, you know, shit, how much of that do you want? No, I guess <laughs> the, the other... Like, yeah, there's not, like, macadamia trees in green space or no. or pineapples just growing on the side of the road or anything like that in Queensland. Maybe because it's the type of fruit, that, you know, that it's not as, as common. But I think the, definitely the stone fruit and the pears and the apples lend itself a bit more to that. Yeah. Because they have fruit, so prolifically too people never miss yep. a few that have gone over the fence to yeah, yeah. Else. <laughs> so, so. I remember where go- do you live Sonia you live in Melbourne I live in, I live in Coburg um, which is just yeah, north right. north of Brunswick so it's the Mediterranean suburbs yes, that's why there's so many fig trees yeah uh, fig trees right. yeah fig pomegranates yeah. olives you know yeah. everything like that yeah Perfect. Yeah, you're yeah. in good foraging territory. Yeah, and we actually used to have a fig tree that was on someone had cut the back off their block, and it was just standing there with nothing around it, mm. and it was just full of figs. So every year you could go and just get heaps of figs from it because it didn't really belong to anyone. It was just on, on this of, bit of a in a bit of block, no man's land um, near Mary Creek. And then one day they just cut it down. They didn't uh, even. They were obviously intending eventually to build something there, but they didn't. They yeah, just cut the tree, the tree down. down. 
just oh. such a shame. That just yeah. makes me cry. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, I, yeah, sometimes I collect from Mary Creek, collect fennel, the green part of fennel. Yeah. You know, because you never, can't get enough of that if you buy it in a vegetable shop because it's mainly the bulbs. Oh, so. yeah, yeah, you mean the, the, the fronds, the, yeah. the real aniseed bits. because if you make, like, those Sicilian dishes like pasta con lessard there, you really need lots of... Yep. that so um, yeah along Mary Creek because I mean lots of Italians and Greeks for years have been foraging you know edible weeds and stuff from down just, there just throwing seeds down into the creek <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you have but you um, yeah you just have to I just wash everything in case the council's put herbicides Side around there yeah. <laughs> yeah I can remember eating fennel fronds from my grandmother's garden it's one of my first sort of food memories I'd go down and Pick, pick those the, the leaves and, and eat them. She used to have it growing wild just, yeah, all the time. Mm. But um, Must go wild easily, I think, yeah. yeah. It's another one of those things that everyone says, oh, yeah, it's easy to grow, and every time I plant it, it dies. So <laughs> um, I must have a special touch. <laughs> so what else has been happening, Sal? Well, you know, I'm just re-turning re into a chef again, as you know. That's mm. taking it out of me. So... Working long hours. Yeah, lo- long hours, nights, and <laughs> <laughs> staying up, staying up till three a.m. drinking you know, with other chefs. Just sleep. No, I don't do that. No, <laughs> no, no, I don't actually. I haven't done that yet. I always want to get home and have a cup of tea. They go, a cup of tea. I go, yeah, I think I'll have a cup of tea. <laughs> anyway, no, it's good, but it is, you know, it's it's funny when you've always you've worked for yourself for a long time. You have to readjust to being a part of a team and. You know, doing the schlepping and all that kind of stuff. What sort of someone food? else's food and what sort of food are you cooking? Well, it's beautiful. So I'm working at a restaurant in Beechworth called The Providence. Yeah, I heard. Um, yeah, so this chef called Michael Ryan, and he's very clever. He uses just all local produce. So, and he's got a couple of hats. So, which is a bit out of character for me because I'm a big rustic, you know, cook. Basically, you know, I like to whack stuff together. I'm not very good at measuring, and so all of a sudden, I'm in a whole nother world. Is, is he checking everything that you put out, Sam? So? No, but I mean, you know, it's his, his reputation. So yeah. there's recipes and there's things to do. So it's cut. good. It's good for me. I've got to. I've got to learn a bit of rediscipline, which is doing me good. Cut, cut your carrots <laughs> nice and neatly. Uh, he's got an amazing carrot dish, actually. He does this gorgeous carrot dish, which is carrots cooked in carrot. So it carrot... Carob, as in, like, the coffee substitute? No, carrots cooked in carrot. So carrot. Carrot, oh. carrot cooked in carrot juice. Oh, oh wow. right. Wow. That's interesting. Mm. So what does it do? Just make it very carroty, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently someone complained that it was too carroty. Uh. Oh, no, it's sensational. So, no, it does beautiful food, very beautiful food. Yeah. And what um, – so do you get to – if it's all local, does do, do he, does he get all the local um, producers sort of just dropping stuff off? Or, like, he'd obviously have to have lots of tight relationships with everyone in the in the community, I guess, to be able to get enough stuff to, to run the restaurant. Yeah, and, you know, if something goes out of season, he just changes it. It's not, you know, yeah. it's not that difficult. Like if raspberries stop, well, that's the end of raspberries. We just use whatever else is around. So, 
you know, Michael's worked in this area for years, so he knows he knows who's who in the zoo and you know, he obviously gets offered beautiful stuff. Like today we've got these most amazing mushrooms. I've never seen anything have you ever heard of baling mushrooms? No. Oh my goodness, they're amazing. Anyway Tastes good. I didn't eat one, I just looked at them. They look like <laughs> they're so big, they're almost like rocks. Oh, not like, are they like a big, like a soccer ball, like a big round thing? Well, no, they're kind of like big and flat. They look like uh, a big, okay. um, yeah, amazing. I can no, I, I didn't think one day, but. Always can remember the, the, on River Cottage one time, they got these ones out of the hills called puffer balls, and they're like a big soccer ball. Yeah, I know. And they soccer. sort of, they sort of gut them and, and they chop the chop all the middle up and cook it up and, and it cooks down and you add spices and bacon and all that sort of stuff and then put it back into the hollowed out sort of ball and then bake it and I was just like wow and that's... then hallucinate off your teeth yeah. and go driving <laughs> well, I, put, I put some on Instagram the other day with a question hey are these edible and I had about 19 people tell me no, no you can't eat those <laughs> which is one good thing for the internet because once upon a time I just would have kicked them over and now you can sort of take a photo of it and put it up and someone will know what you're talking about so yeah 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 oh uh, gosh mm. that's good well what are you cooking what are you cooking the vego that's is she still there the vego yeah yeah i'm i've been doing sounds like you're bloody running a commune oh yeah what there's one there's four adults and three children at the moment so um i had so I, i sort of or not not out of retaliation but um i did a favor for one of my butcher mates yesterday and he gave me three big um angus rib fillets really nice angus rib fillets so we had had some angus rib fillet for steak but i did her a uh like a rosemary and butter sort of mushroom on the barbecue as well instead and some bok choy with soy and sesame and i don't know just lots of curries and uh a few, few of those rice paper roll things. Yeah, um, right. She eats fish, so a little bit more fish, but any a bit of, a bit more fish than normal. But mm. Mm. yeah, I don't know. It's got to be quick too. That's the other thing because I've, I've that very limited. Oh yeah, Julie's just pointing to a, a vegetarian book that I've picked out. Um, yeah, it's got to be quick because I've, I've got sort of that real narrow time frame um, to cook in. So. A few more pizzas. I've been really getting into using the sourdough starter in the pizza bases. Yeah, right. So doing it, to put the sourdough starter in the um, flour and water and let it sit overnight and then roll them into the individual balls in the morning and then sort of let them slowly prove through the day and then come home and just roll them out and cook them. And they are just real, a bit, bit, I don't know, a bit more flavour than the yeast pizzas mm, yeah so that's been and that's always popular with the with the children the old pizzas so yeah right nah yum well you can't beat a good pizza you know, although i don't like pizza you know that really at all not really not really <laughs> not not even like buffalo mozzarella and some good oh, salami. Oh, if I have to, if I have to, yeah. I'll get it. It's not my first choice. No. Okay. Hey, this lunch lady website's really cool. They're fucking. They got Choknana, Choknana pops. Choknana pops. So she's got a banana on the front cover of a mm, of a book. So yeah. 
Yum. That's good. Do you cook, Sonia? Um, I used to cook more, but then when I had kids, it sort of put me off cooking because I was having to cook, you know, for a deadline because they get hungry so early. <laughs> they do. And, and then... Um, at one stage when my partner was working full time I'd have you know one of them crying because they were tired one of them hungry so I sort of gave up cooking except on the weekend and my partner does all the cooking he does all the cooking so he's quite foodie he actually writes about coffee and food for Fairfax so so um yeah he he does all the cooking and uh yeah, our house used to be difficult because my son was a vegetarian for about two years and Ooh. my daughter mainly only ate meat. <laughs> so. Well, you just cook one meal and say, you have that part and you yeah. have that part. <laughs> but, um, but now um, now it's a bit easier. Our kids are teenage, both, well, one's an old teenager, one's a younger teenager. It's a bit, it's a bit easier, yeah. But I'm into food. It's just that I don't want to be the main cook in the house. (laughs) Oh, you're very lucky you have a partner that cooks. Yeah, no, no, I am, definitely. The thing that surprises me, at least with the young kids, is, or with mine anyway, I don't know whether it's all young kids, but my kids, the two younger ones, will eat anything. Spicy, hot, doesn't. How old are they? Two. Right. See, my kids were, would eat absolutely anything to a certain age, and then they went fussy. Yeah. But then my son stopped being fussy at the age of eight. He started just eating everything. Everything again, yeah. And, but my daughter's taken a lot longer than that. I did a, um, like, a four-mushroom risotto the other night, um with some beef stock in it which I didn't tell a vegetarian about but there you go um, <laughs> um, well wasn't that beef stock that's never seen a cow yeah, yeah it was it was ethical beef stock that's what it was um, <laughs> um, but um, oh, I couldn't believe that the, the two year olds probably had like they normally have a bowl of whatever we're having and they were waving the bowl around going more 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 more, yeah, more yeah, yeah. like little bloody parrots so um, I was quite impressed with that because, yeah, they just, just kept smashing it down. So. Yeah. Yeah, risotto is a good food for kids because yeah. you can do quite a lot with it and it's nice and filling. Yeah, but it wasn't a... High vegetables. Yeah, lots of veggies in it, but it was quite a complex flavour, like mm, with the, yeah. the, the couple different, of different types of different mushrooms. mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't sort of just like cheese and no, no. and bacon. I actually yeah. made a bit of effort on this one, but yeah, um, yeah they they really. Well, got hopefully into it. they'll continue on that track. Yeah, they they'll keep. Oh, if they stuff. don't, they go hungry because, like I said to Ben last week, they get what we get, and if they don't like it, then yeah. it goes. It's probably a good policy. I think. Yeah, I think. Um, I think they. Uh, yeah, if you pander to the fussiness too much, it can. Yeah, just. I don't think it's at this stage. On. It's it's not even a policy. It's more. I've got I've got X amount of energy. I'll be buggered if I'm going to go out and yeah. cook you sausages on bread just because you want to eat something different yeah no no it's good it's a good policy (laughs) so what have you just been eating at the restaurant sale how are you go cooking for yourself after after working um well we eat i started i I kept on thinking that'd be quite a good instagram thing to post all the staff dinners because we get amazing dinners Mm. because yasu is the japanese chef i mean did you see that one the other night he did. did 
Yeah, bitten bat. And then tonight he made fried rice and gave me some to bring home, but it was full of, you know, kimchi and beautiful stuff. Oh, it's always something yummy for dinner. Curries and today we had beautiful trout salad and Oh, that sounds nice. Fried fried potatoes and it's always delicious. So they're testing out. Why didn't you Michael's send me, send me a photo up. of the fried potatoes? You know I would have liked that. <laughs> bit of food porn yeah um they um michael also he runs a restaurant up at hotham i think during winter called yama so he sometimes tests out some food so we've had beautiful fried chicken and these gorgeous chinese kind of burgers and oh we have great stuff for dinner i know it's good yeah because all and then what what's other than the provenance what else is is there lots lots of cafes and sort of places to eat around there or not or is it yeah there's heaps there's heaps there's loads of food places but i just cook like if i'm at home i'll i don't know i've taken to eggs again for dinner because when when you buy yourself eggs eggs are good i have an omelet yeah i'll get it i'll buy a smoked trout and i'll make scrambled eggs with smoked trout yes and a little bit of salad because you know i've got some stuff growing in my garden and some tomatoes and stuff so it's easy i don't know it's just well that's that's my post podcast meal of choice is eggs oh and i i got some um i got some guinea fowl on the weekend Oh, what are you gonna do with those? Um, well, hopefully they'll scare the goanna away that's eating my chicken eggs. That's mm. that's the plan because they're you know great little guard dogs. But I've got two boys and two girls, so um, if I can get them to breed, then I'll mm. probably eat eat them. I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so have you got a uh, big urban block or? Oh, it's not really an urban block, but it's yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a kind of, 10 acres, yeah. Oh, so you're... It's in, called on the, Zone Residential Rural. Oh, is it? Right, so you're... Right, yeah. Yeah, it's so in... It's be- sort of country-ish. Yeah, it's in between Brisbane and the Gold Coast. Okay. Sort of in, in that, just off the highway in the hinterland. Right, yeah. Um, it's not amazing land. It's mostly lantana and, and long grass, because I don't have my cows at the moment, but... Um, are they still lost? No, he's just he hasn't pregnancy tested them, so Oh, getting knocked he, up. He did he did all his cows and she wasn't um she wasn't pregnant, so no use her coming back. Uh, Don't come home till you're pregnant. Yeah, pretty much. But if she's not pregnant this time then yeah, she might be off to somewhere might be off somewhere else, I think, <laughs> and I'll be looking for another one. Um but I'm getting a bit antsy because, you know, the milk usage in my house goes up day by day, so... Oh, no. And, oh, and you know, you know, I think... I'm running out of soap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's we started using that this week. Curtis Curtis got first use of the, the homemade soap. And, oh. and that was quite successful. And the, one of the flatmates used a bar and he was, he was very impressed with the lather, so... <laughs> I'll have to um have to send you a bar. Send you a bar of the 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 second batch, which has got, got all the um got all the tingly bits in it. What stuff that smells nice? No, nah, it's got peppermint oil in it, so it'll make oh. you, make make all your bits tingle. All your bits tingle. <laughs> yeah. You like it when all the bits tingle. <laughs> oh, funny. Oh, so, that's hilarious. Yeah, but that was that was a good little experiment. Quite easy to do and. Um, the second batch I used, Comfrey from the garden and 
my beeswax and milk so um that'd be quite good and I, I think this weekend i'll get in and i don't know if you've seen there's a a new type of beehive out that um, these guys down in Boron Bay invented where... Yes, yes, we all know about that. Yeah, I was just wondering... Was <laughs> no, 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 tell they, me. Oh, Jay, sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> you don't have to pull up, to pull the frames out. You just sort of crack them and the, the honey runs out. Oh, really? Wow. So you just put a little pipe in there and it runs into a, oh, into a container. That's so really good. My the three frames I put in are full, so I'm going to try that this weekend and see right. if I can get my easy honey out without because last time I opened the hives I think I got stung about 25 times so yeah um, I'm a lot keener on something. Do you wear a suit like? I did but because I'm a little bit time poor with the kids I I opened them and just as I opened them some rain showers came through and they really really don't like being opened when there's rain around. Oh no. Um, and, but I'd already sort of suited up and lit okay. the smoker and got, got everything open, okay. and I was like, well, I'll just keep going now. All uh, right, yeah. And sort of push through it, so. Yeah. How about you, so you got bees down the bottom of the garden? Well, uh, it's funny that we should be talking about bees. There's, um, there was a beehive in the um, chimney. Oh, and no so way. the bee man had to actually come and get rid of the yeah. bees, yeah. and then... He did say to me, I hope they remove the honeycomb because you'll end up with rats. And um, I don't think the honeycomb has been removed because I had some friends staying last night and they said, I think you've got a rat in your chimney. Uh, I went, oh, gross. Well, you, anyway, should, you should just light the fire and all the honey all the honey will melt out of the chimney. No, it's in a chimney that's disused. Uh, it's the, one of the bedrooms is the old kitchen, so yep. it's got an old chimney in it. But anyway... And then I've got all these wasps and bees and stuff around outside. And the other day, I was bitten on the leg by a wasp. So I went down to smack it away. And as I did that, one flew in and bit me on the boob. (laughs) 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 To which I had a reaction and I ended up with Uh, almost like a third degree burn on the boob from the wasp bite. That's not really what you want. No. I haven't had problems with wasps in ages. So I don't know whether it's because... The bees are around or what? Because I know they don't like each other. Oh, don't they? No. No, and in New Zealand, I think they have... um they have big problems down there with the wasps they have down there get into the hives and try oh, and take, really? try and actually take over the hives. So oh. yeah, you can do do things that let bees in but not wasps and stuff like that. I've never seen it up in Queensland, but I've read about it down south and in New Zealand. So, oh. But, yeah, I'm keen for some more honey because honey is the one thing that everyone wants to swipe. So. Sorry, I can't stop them. I so yell like a. Schwab. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need a, a small dog filter on the, um, <laughs> on the podcast. I think next time I will lock them somewhere. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Send them out to run after the wasps. Mm, yeah. Shh. Zero. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> oh dear. Are you having more wine? I can just keep yeah. drinking and. Yeah. I am having more wine. I'm going to go for a run after this. Could be a very wobbly run. Does, Ju- um, does Jules give you any food? What does she give you? Just no. She's still she's still trying to um, source a cheese sponsorship. <laughs> if she if she gets a wine sponsorship and a cheese sponsorship, you might have to move back to Brisbane just to take advantage of it. 
going to be cruel, won't it? No, I'll so. have to look for my own cheese and wine sponsor back here. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, all right, so I might get going. Is there anything you want to plug other than the provenance? No, I'm not doing anything at the moment. So, no, not plugging anything. Is it, an, nice is it an open kitchen? Can they come and if they come to the provenance in... Um, no, can they come and, come and watch you work? No. <laughs> no, they can't watch us work, mate, and pick up a dish mop cloth and wash some dishes. Uh, and but you can come and stay at the Providence. I saw the rooms today. There's four beautiful rooms at the back, four or five. I think there's four. I would love to do that. Yeah, they're beautiful. So, you know, if anyone wants to come to Beechworth. If anyone would like to come and look after my kids for three or four days so I can go to Beechworth and, <laughs> and stay and eat lots of good food, um, that might be quite a large sponsorship there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so All right. Lovely to meet you, Sonia. I'm sorry. You too. Nice to meet you. If you're ever in Beechworth, come drop in. I will, definitely. <laughs> and come in and to Scrumptious Reads and buy bread, wine and dow and lunch lady. Yeah, they look Julie. fantastic, Max. I've got them up on my screen. They look great. And I'll put the um, I'll put the pictures up of them in the show notes. Mmm, fantastic. All right. All right. Catch Long you next week, Sarah. Okay. Speak to you later. Bye. Bye.